for the show that takes dog training beyond your backyard. It's Bark Talk with Bonnie. Brought to you by Advanced Canine Techniques, your dog training specialists. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Bark Talk with Bonnie. Um, I'm very happy today we have Leslie Mathewson with us with Mathewson Law. As we talked about with our podcast, we like to highlight different businesses and services that are going to be beneficial for pet owners. Um, things that are going to be useful to you as you are raising your um your animals in your home. So I invited Leslie to come on today because I really wanted to focus on pet trusts. It's not a topic I know everybody likes to talk about, but it is critical for you to think about, you know, what what's going to happen to your pet? Who's going to take care of them? What kind of lifestyle do you want them to have if something were to happen to you? So I am going to let Leslie talk, um, introduce herself a little bit and then just talk about, you know, why you want to have a pet trust set up. Good morning and thank you, Bonnie, for allowing me to come on your show and to help your clients and other pet owners like myself um, think about what would happen to owners in the event that they're incapacitated, um, whether they're um, going into a nursing home um, or just short-term times when you're not going to be able to take care of your pet or in the situation where you yourself pass away. Um, Unfortunately, there are individuals out there that – If something were to happen to them, they don't have anybody to take care of their pet. Um, And unfortunately, those times are when um, the animal might have to go into a shelter. um, Or unfortunately, some people just allow their dogs and pets to go um, running loose because there's no one to take care of their pet during those situations. And so um, a pet trust would help to address those situations. Yep. And I think that that's really helpful too. And you may have multiple pets in your home. So you may have multiple people and you'll meet, you may have somebody that wants the cats and somebody else that wants the dog. So, you know, knowing that that pet trust can be changed over time, maybe you fall away with a family member or a friend or something too, or your, your pet develops, you know, medical issues or things too. So, um, let's talk about what kind of things people put in a pet trust, like what, how, like, how how does it need to be super general? Does it need to be super specific? What kinds of things do people need to think about when they set one of those up? Um, how I kind of describe it to clients is that they kind of have the magic wand. There's no um, set rules as to what must be in there or, or not. So you can be as specific as you want to be. Um, for example, if you want... Um, a caregiver to have a certain type of pet food, go to a certain veterinarian. Um, you can be as detailed as to how many times that the dog um, needs to be walked, etc. So you can be as specific as you want to be, um, kind of giving the caregivers a lot of instructions on how to handle things. Or you can be as vague as you want to um, and say that um, the caregiver has the ability to do things with regard to your pet as to what they think is best for that particular pet. Um, pet. So, um, again, it's kind of what you choose as to how specific you are or if you want it to be general. Um, maybe having it specific will help the caregiver kind of know more about your pet and how your pet is raised because ultimately, kind of like what you had talked about, your goal is to make sure that your pet is being cared for at the same level 
um, having as much as a close to the same routine um, as the owner would be um, so that it's not impacting um, your pet um, in the event something happens to you and you're not able to take care of your pet. Yep, and I think that that's really true. And we and dogs and cats both thrive on routine. They like you know consistent food and um, their exercise and feeding schedule. So the more that somebody can follow that, and that's important when you think about who you might use to. Um, you know, care for your pets too. You want to make sure that, you know, you're choosing somebody responsible that's going to, you know, follow those guidelines as well and not just, um, in, you know, not just take your pet and sell it or just, you know, you know, not, not walk it or feed it or do what they're supposed to do with it as well. So, um, and you may, you know, I mean, one thing to keep in mind is you may change that person over time for whatever reason. So, um, let's talk about the process of, okay, so, you know, maybe you have a handful of family members in mind. What, what is the process for establishing a pet trust? Okay. Um, you would just get with an attorney to, um, sit down with them to kind of get a better idea as to um, what all in the ins and outs you need to address. For example, you want to address caregivers. Um, so again, um, you would want to come up with an, an individual or individuals um, who will then be uh, responsible for taking care of your pets um, when you're not able to do so or upon your passing. Um, typically, it's always a good idea to have um, a backup person or person. So if case something does happen to your named caregiver, um, that you have someone um, in line. Um, then you also kind of want to figure out how much money you want to put into this trust. Because um, in addition to choosing who you want to be your caregiver, you're also wanting to set aside money. Um, for the caregiver to take care of your pet. Um, unfortunately, not everybody has the funds available to take care of your pet. So um, ideally, it's good to um, put money into this trust so that the caregiver can continue to have your pet living in the same lifestyle and routine as you were um, when you were caring for the pet. Now, I'm going to ask a question here. So now, you know, maybe somebody doesn't have a whole lot of money up front maybe to put into that trust when they begin, but maybe they've, they've, they, they have a will in place. So part of their will may designate a certain portion of that to go towards the pet trust. Is that something that people can do? Yes, you can um, name the trust as a beneficiary of your will. Um, so that upon your passing, then a certain portion of your estate would go into this trust um, to take care of your pet. Um, you could also name your trust um, as a beneficiary to a, a life insurance policy or any type of retirement account. So you don't necessarily have to put funds into or actual money into this trust um, at the beginning, but it ideally would be good to have some funds. So in the event that something happens to you, um, maybe a stroke or heart attack that, or, um, mental health issues that cause you to uh, not be able to take care of your pet, you still want to have at least some funds if possible, um, available to take care of your 
pet. So if something happens to you during your lifetime, um, the pet would still be cared for. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that that's really just important to think about too. Like I said, I know nobody wants to talk about life insurance or nobody wants to talk about creating a will. Um, but when you have pets in mind, you know, and I know most parents usually always have some kind of a will because they want to make sure their children are taking care of if something were to happen to them. The same thing does apply to your, to your pets as well. So um, a lot of times as a pet owner, you may look to family members, you may look to friends, you may look to your groomer or your trainer or, you know, um, people that own doggy daycares or are in the um, pet industry because they, you know, maybe the ones that are most likely be going to be able to do that as well. Um, that doesn't mean I want everybody to call me and ask me to take care of their pets. I'm already, you know, a trustee for a few, so I don't, I don't want to take on, you know, a, a whole handful. But you know, and again, make sure that whoever is being responsible for that, you know, you want to kind of stay in communication with them as well, just to make sure that everything is still copacetic everything is going well like if your pet's lifestyle changes they suddenly become diabetic or they need special medication or things like that too you want to ensure that your caregiver is still comfortable taking care of the pet if those medical situations arise or if they need something um, specific too just so that way they, they're following out the um the wishes that you have for your pets. Um, let's talk a little bit about cost because I know that's important too. Like if somebody is looking at you know creating a trust and maybe it's for maybe it's for one pet, maybe it's for you know a half a dozen. Um, you know what is the cost to kind of create a trust and, and to maintain that? Sure, um, I would say typically, at least in this geographic area, um, anywhere from um, two hundred to up to $600 or so would be what would be um, the typical cost of establishing the pet trust. Um, And then in the event that in the future you do need to make changes to the trust, um, those, I would say that the total amount would be in the ballpark, again, of the $200 to $600 range here locally. Okay, so now if you created a trust and then had to make changes to it, is there a cost each time you do make a change to it, like change the trustee of one of your pets? Um, typically, yes, but it would be, um, I guess, nominal compared to what it would cost at the beginning to establish the trust itself. Oh, and I think that that's really helpful to know too. And, you know, especially for those with multiple pets. And that's why I would kind of like, you know, really sit down and and think about your family members who might be able to be, you know, who would be willing to take on that responsibility. And I, I would definitely recommend asking them as opposed to just putting them in your trust. So they're not surprised you now get control of Scrappy (laughs) um, if something, you know, happens to you. Um, But you want to just ask them. And like I said, mean, maintain communication with them as well. Um, is there anything, so if somebody is going to be the, the trustee of um, a person's pet, is there any responsibility or anything that they have to do, you know, before um, before something might happen to the original owner? Um, not necessarily. Typically, um, the trustee and the caregiver do not have to do anything until the time when the owner is not able to take care of the pet. Um, Typically what a trustee would be doing, they're responsible for um, making sure that the money that's put into a bank account for this trust um, is being paid solely for um, the pet. Um, They would either 
pay the veterinarian for any expenses, boarding costs, um, food. Um, they may pay the caregiver funds for helping to take care of the pet um, because sometimes the trustee may not necessarily be the caregiver, um, but typically the trustee would be the caregiver. Um, if you trust someone enough to take care of your pets and who is a, an extended family member for you, you typically would also trust that individual to handle the funds to take care of your pet. So now if there is, you know, somebody that is a trustee of a pet, um, and then, or not the trustee or, or somebody that the caregiver for the pet's a better term, um, they, to the, then do they go to the trustee with either receipts to get reimbursed or go to the trustee to say, okay, here's the list of expenses for Scrappy for the month of August. Here's, you know, so much in daycare or so much in grooming, so much in food, so much in toys or, you know, whatever that, that pet might need. Does it work either way? They either get reimbursed or they just present a budget and that's how the money is um, is allocated? Um, it could be done either way. Um, some people think that it's easier to pay on the front end of things. So, again, as you indicated, it may be good to set up a budget um, for a year um, and break it down into monthly installments as to how much um, you would typically would pay for taking care of the pet. Um, you know, some people are fine with fronting the bills um, and then seeking reimbursement. Typically, you would want to have some type of um, documentation that would show that, yes, this is the, the true amount that you're paying um, for grooming, et cetera, um, just to make sure that, um, I guess, all of the money is actually being used for the pet itself um, and not for the caregiver and maybe a shopping spree for them. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I can see a bunch of pet parents panicking right now thinking about, oh my gosh, you want me to create a budget for how much I spend on my pet per year? Like, and really, honestly, that is something that's important to do if you're doing a budget regardless, because you'd be surprised at how many of those like little dog treats and bones and toys and, you know, little, you know, adventures you go on with your pet can add up over time too. So um, that, that may change your pet's lifestyle a little bit once you see how much you're actually spending and not that your pet isn't worth it or that they don't deserve to be spoiled um but sometimes again that is helpful so that way you know as you are creating a trust and creating a caregiver thinking about who's going to do that you know what you're you know what amount you're going to want to you know put into or designate from your um you know, your retirement or your, your will to make sure that your pet is taken care of as well. So, um, so I would recommend putting a budget into place if you, if you don't already have one or, or kind of looking at it and, and kind of figuring out how much you're spending per month for your, for your pets. Just, um, and then please don't, please don't yell at me because <laughs> I know that you're probably going to be a little eye opening when you, when you see that, whether it's the mom or the dad, because I know both equally spoil the pets and sometimes they do it and the other, you know, pet parent doesn't always know. So keep that in mind. Um, but overall, um, I just, Leslie, what other tips might you have for pet parents if they're thinking about establishing a trust for their, um, for their pets? Again, just kind of look to the caregiver, um, you know, kind of observe how they treat their pets um, if they if they have pets. Um, again, if they don't have pets, 
Um, again, it would be a definitely a good topic to have or conversation to have with that ind- individual to see how um, they feel about taking care of um, animals. Um, but again, definitely, as you suggested, have that conversation with someone um, because taking on a pet, um, and especially if you have multiple pets, that might be um, a huge burden to somebody um, that they may not be able to take care of. Um, again, always in my, I always plan for a plan B. So if something were to happen to your original plan, it's always good to have um, a plan B. And, and again, you would want to talk to um, who you would want to have um, as a plan B. And, and I also kind of echo what Bonnie says with regard to budgets, because um, you may not realize how much money is coming out of your pocket on a day-to-day um, expense with your um, a pet, and especially as your pet ages, um, the likelihood of um, some illness um, or injuries that might exist. So therefore, you're going to have even more expenses coming out for special diets. Um, if it has to have insulin, more vet visits, um, more expenses. Um, so you would want to also kind of look to your pet's future. Um, and again, you can have um, a trust set up so that it would apply to the pets that you're dealing, you have at that moment, um, but also um, any pets that you acquire um, in the future. You don't necessarily have to have a trust. So if you have two dogs at the time that you um, have the trust, um, you can also have that trust would also cover another um, cat or dog that you have acquired after that particular time. Um, for the most part, your changes would be to address um, who your caregiver is or a trustee um, if something happens to their lifestyle um, after you have set up the trust. Yep. And I think, and just knowing your pet's lifestyle too, like you may have two pets that are bonded and need to go to the same caregiver's home, or you may have pets that are very independent and could go to multiple homes. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate in the fact that, you know, everybody wants Rusty. Like I could probably give him away tomorrow and everybody would, you know, people would be happy to take him. But with that said, Training your pet is very important because nobody wants to take on a pet that doesn't have any manners. So that's another good reason to make sure that your pet has um, has some social skills, you know, you know, can get along with other pets. Um, and if not, make sure that you're finding a caregiver that can accommodate that needs. Like maybe it's a caregiver that doesn't have any pets if you have a dog that doesn't get along with other dogs. Or um, if you have, you know, maybe cats that don't get along with other cats too. You want to make sure that you're finding the right home so that way your pet is comfortable with that Um with that new environment as well and make sure that they're taking care of taking care of your pet appropriately too. So, um, so that is something that is, um, helpful to keep in mind is making sure that your pet's trained, making sure that they're socialized and, you know, just making sure that whoever is, um, is going to be the caregiver for your pet has the ability to take care of them too. Like just, the the physical means, if they need two walks a day, if they, you know, need a fenced in yard, if they need, um, you know, more space to, to run around or, you know, need special, you know, a, you know, special crate of some sort, but you want to make sure that they're accommodating all of those needs as well. Um, and then Leslie, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, um, and I highly recommend contacting her cause she's a, 
good expert in this area. Um, she's very reasonable and we'll be happy to walk you through the process. What's the best way for um, potential clients to maybe um, get in touch with you? Sure, you can um, either call my office. The number is 765-587-4526 or I have a, um, a website that you could also contact me um, through there. Um, it is Matthewson Law. Um, pc.com and Matthewson is spelled M-A-T-H-E-W-S-O-N. Perfect. And when we um, put the link to this up sometime this weekend, we will um, put a link to that website on there as well. So that way, if you have any questions, you can definitely send Leslie an email or give her a call to set up an appointment. Um, and you, I mean, before you set up an appointment, I would encourage you to um, put some thought into that ahead of time. Like think about some of the people you might want to you want want to consider to be caregivers or who you would want to be your trustee. Um, I mean, if you, I mean, in addition to setting up a pet trust, if you haven't, um, we'd probably encourage you maybe to look at put, setting a will up too, um, just because that is something helpful to have. You want to make sure your personal property, in addition to your pets, is you know um, taken care of according to your wishes too. So, um, making you know, ideally, it, again, it's not a topic that everybody likes to talk about, but you, it is something that you just want to make sure that you're protecting your assets, make sure that you're protecting your loved ones, make sure that you're protecting um, the pets that are in your care as well. Um, any final thoughts, Leslie, just on um, how to get people to get started? Um, just reach out to me and kind of like what Bonnie says, kind of in your mind, the vision, um, the plan as much as you um, would like. Um, as to caregivers and how detailed or not you want to have things be um, in your trust. Wonderful. And I think that that's, like I said, really, it really helpful. You know, it's something that not everybody thinks about, but we want you to really, um, you know, put some thought into that. We want to make sure that your, you know, your pets are taken care of and that they are into that um, lifestyle routine that um, that they've been accustomed to. Um, and okay, everybody start counting your pennies, start creating a budget so you can see just how much you're spending on your pets. Um, although they all need training, so you definitely want to keep sending them back for training because that way everybody's going to want your well-trained puppy as their demo dog or to live with them too. Um, I think that that's all that we wanted to cover for today. We just wanted to take time to put that um, thought into your mind and to kind of think about that. Um, hopefully you guys all have a wonderful afternoon and we'll be back next week for another episode. Have a good afternoon. You've been listening to Bark Talk. For more information, go to our website, advancedcaninetechniques.com or find us on Facebook.